Today, the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. If you're not on it, get on it at onnit.com forward slash TFS podcast and save 10% on your purchase. Pick up some Shroom Tech Sport, some Shroom Tech Immune, Onnit Creatine, Alpha Brain, whatever protein powder they got going on, Elk Bars, Maces, Battle Ropes, you name it, they got it at onnit.com forward slash TFS podcast. We're also brought to you by the king of custom gear, USG Canada, Howie Lee. If you get, well, there's no fights going on right now. So realistically, nobody's going out there and ordering any custom gear. But if you want at-home training gear, gloves, wraps, pads, bags, you name it, Howie's got it. Just hit him up. Uh, What is it? Howie at USGCanada.com. Send him an email. Tell him what you want or hit him up on the USG Facebook page or Instagram. We're also brought to you by Sovereign Extracts, the king of clear. Sovereign Extracts has got everything you can think of when it comes to CBD or THC. Get the tincture. The the vaporizer sticks are fantastic. Um, they're, I believe they're coming out with a topical cream, but they have a lot of stuff over there at Sovereign Extracts, so check them out. We're also brought to you by the best fight shop in Edmonton, Alberta, the Clint Fight Shop. Hit up my boy Sunil for all your training needs. Uh, he's still, well, he's not open right now, but his online store is open and he is shipping. I'm sure if you're in Edmonton, you could probably arrange some kind of like drop off, some COVID drop off to your house in exchange for some fucking money. But uh, hit up the Clinch Fight Shop. Fuck, Derek, who else we got? Derek. Oh, right. It's COVID-19. Derek ain't here. Uh, I can't remember all the sponsors now. Fuck. Uh, fucking Jason at TKO Beards. Go to TKOBeards.com. Everything on the TKO website right now is 20% off, I believe. If you have a man muff that's out of control with this fucking pandemic, go to TKO.com. Use the promo code, the final shot, and you'll save some money on your purchase. But they got beard balm, beard oil. Uh, I don't know if he has a growth hormone. Probably not. But <laughs> they got combs. Everything you can think of to keep your fucking man main maintained. TKOBeards.com. Uh, I think that's it for today. So let's just get to the podcast, the COVID 19 pandemic podcast with Dr. Drew, part two. Final Shot Podcast. This is COVID Crisis Part 2 with Dr. Drew. What's up, Dr. Drew? Hey, hey, what's going on, Tanner? Thanks for having me back. Well, the last podcast went over so well. I hadn't posted another one in a month, and we're still getting downloads on it. So you and I thought it was a good idea to probably do number two and maybe a little bit of an update. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you were telling me those numbers, I was pretty surprised, but it's clearly on everyone's mind. And that's why I said, let's just do round two, give everyone an update on what's going on because what are we pushing now four five weeks of quarantine here uh in saskatchewan right now via the radio then the radio hosts 
are broadcasting from their homes. They're at week six. Week six for them. Holy. Yeah, yeah for us, this is week four since we shut down the clinic. Uh, it's definitely strange and interesting times, but I'm getting used to it, doing a lot of telemedicine, staying connected with people such as yourself with use of all the technology. So I figured, yeah, we would uh, touch base again and, and uh, do an update. This is great. Thanks. So before we get into the COVID update, um, we'll do, we'll talk about the big news other than COVID-19 right now, and that's the mass shooting that went on in uh, Nova Scotia. That guy was a fucking lunatic. Yeah, pretty much. So it couldn't have happened at a worse time. I know. That's what I was thinking. That's all that was going through my mind with everything going on now this. And in such a small kind of, you know... <sighs> You wouldn't think Eastern Canada of all places is going to be where something like this pops up. To, to think that we have something like this happen in Canada and not the States right now is just like completely beyond me. Well, we're not even talking about a couple people. We're talking about the biggest murder spree in Canadian history. Yeah. And it came out today that now the body count is up to 23 now that they're going oh, through all these burnt buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. But this guy was a... Uh, an RCMP wannabe, I'm guessing. Uh, maybe he got kicked out of the pol- police academy. I have no idea, but he was obsessed with the RCMP. He had a, a phony RCMP vehicle, a full uniform. Mm-hmm. And ju- I don't know if if it has anything to do with what's going on in the world right now, why he actually went off. I have no idea. But uh, luckily, the, the authorities put a bullet in him and he he, yeah. got, he got put down for sure yeah it makes you wonder with everything going on was this like the straw that broke the camel's back because uh, you know it was premeditated so you think this was something that's long been in the making and it wasn't just because of what's going on here but you know you got to think with the mental health weighing on everyone these days it, it probably played a little bit of a role and you know you know everyone's going to be at home you know where they're going to be right now so like if you wanted to do something like this it's a lot easier to kind of do it on your terms because uh the whole country's kind of on shutdown so but just crazy man i just hate to hear stuff like this insanity and it, it, yeah and it didn't need to happen at all nope so whatever shout out to the people in nova scotia the families that were affected by it and, and everybody over there is affected by it yeah and the whole country's feeling it right now it's just uh very very sad in other news um, I had a friend pass away. His name was Chris Patterson. He passed away on the 14th of the month um, via uh, he he killed himself. Wow. But uh, I want to talk about that a little bit because he had a he had a, a long history with drug abuse and stuff like that. And I don't think that the COVID-19 crisis had anything to do with with what happened to him. But um there's there's a there's a gentleman out there his name is matt hamilton um this gentleman a week ago chris had uh he had overdosed and this guy robbed him for everything that he owned and left him there to die what yeah i'm sure at some point we're gonna have a high school reunion and uh, i'll bump into you but not cool but rest in peace to him but yeah just just to think that there's people running around on the streets that like you're you're in the worst shape possible you're dying and they'll take the clothes off your back the money in mm-hmm. your pocket and the bag that you have to your name and leave you there 
is yeah. fucking disgusting. It really is. It really is at, at every level just completely despicable because there, I find there's two kinds of people right now. There's there's that going on, people taking advantage of people or people helping people. And this is really bringing that out right now, what's going on. And, and to hear stuff like that is just absolutely crazy because those people need help. And to see that as an opportunity to take something from someone in that scenario is just really hard to imagine. And yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have too many words for these kind of things because it's just like, it's, it's very sad. Me either. I get kind of infuriated by it and then I want to go on a rampage myself. But yeah, as a kind of a level headed human being, I don't. Yeah. But these things shouldn't happen in life and the people that are doing it should be locked up or, or worse. I agree on every level. How well did you know that guy? Um, I grew up with him. Yeah. And the other the other fellow that did the did the stuff to him, I went to high school with him. So you know them both really. I know them both very well. Yeah. Uh, Chris Chris better. I spent time at his house. I knew his parents and his his yeah. brother. But terrible. Um also just to bring it down another level, <laughs> um, a former training partner of mine and a friend, Alex Mayer, has come down with cancer. Um, he's he's going through chemotherapy right now and, and all that. He's in good spirits. I spoke with him today over Instagram, and we're trading stories back and forth about archery hunting and stuff like that. So he's in good spirits. But uh, Alex does have a GoFundMe going because he's unable to work, obviously. And uh, with the pandemic running around, he can't go anywhere. Like if he leaves his house just to go in the yard, he's masked up with gloves on. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have something like that, when you're when you're compromised and and you get uh, the COVID nineteen, yes, you're fuck city. Yep. So um, so this is a good example of regardless of age, you can be immunocompromised, and you are the high risk group now. Where something very simple can take you out, right? Exactly. Very. It, yeah. It's a prime example of what you don't want to happen. Yeah. So um, hopefully Alex can get, he's a fighter, man. That's, that's what he's done his whole life is fight. So he'll, he'll fight this one to the bitter end or he'll win. So yes. uh, shout out to Alex. And there is a GoFundMe for him. I'll post it in the, uh, in the link for the, for the show. So uh, get better, Alex. Yeah, yeah, get better. So, uh, what was the uh, cancer there, Tanner? Starts with an L. I don't want to talk out of turn. Is it lymphoma or uh, leukemia? You sh- no, you know? it no. might be lymphoma. It's not yeah. leukemia. Is there another one that starts with L? Like lipo no. something? A witch? Lipo something? Could That one does not ring in a bell. Uh, the reason I bring it up, because if it is one of those L ones, either uh, le- leukemia or lymphoma, it's very treatable. They respond very well to to the standard treatments, and you can't say that about a lot of cancers. And typically, uh, we see pretty good outcomes with those. Um, yeah, lymphomas, leukemias, and testicular cancer, the uh, success rates with those are, are, are very high. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was the one, but I thought you might have mentioned that earlier. He's uh, He's in stage two. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to find out what it actually is. Um, it starts with an L. I remember that much. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, guys, hit up the GoFundMe if you got two dollars, one dollar, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Everything, anything will help this guy try to try to fight this thing. Yep. Um, what is it? God damn it! I can't find it. <laughs> it's all good. Whatever. He has cancer and it sucks. <laughs> yeah either way call it what you will all right yeah all right covid crisis uh where are we at 
Well, we are at uh, an interesting time, and a lot's kind of changed for me over the last few weeks. We had a, a good sort of summary show last time of everything I've been preaching and telling people to do, arming them with as much information as possible. And between you and me, my friend, I'm still doing a lot of that, but I've also gone down a few rabbit holes, and I don't know if you have either, but there is a lot of different ways to look at this scenario and what's going on right now. And, and thankfully in Canada, and particularly Western Canada, I'd say we're ahead of it, you know, and when I look at the lockdown and quarantine here and how people are freaked out and all pissed off, but then I talk to people all around the world that I know, and we have it pretty good in Canada, and I think it's time to remind everyone of that, that we, we are pretty still free with how much we can do as far as leaving the house and doing our day-to-day -day stuff. I've talked to people in France, uh, where else, uh, Saudi Arabia, as well as Maui, and the lockdown and quarantine restrictions there are very serious to the point where they're allowed out for one hour a day and just essential stuff or on 24-hour home lockdown period. So it's just having these check-ins with people has helped remind me that does it suck here? Yes. Are we pissed off that the economy is crashing and we can't work and help people at the same rate we're used to? Of course, it sucks. But it's helped me put it in perspective a little bit that it's really not that bad when you look at kind of the rest of the world. And again, based on our, uh, our numbers and how we're controlling it out here, I'd say so far so good. And who knows, right? When will things open back up? I don't know if anyone has a great answer, but we're aiming for hopefully, you know, mid-May, early June is kind of the rumblings because if we continue on this trend, then we should be looking at that, whereas other places are just like, oh, forget 2020, right? So yeah. it's just helping me put some context into it that we seem to be doing our part here pretty good as far as what they're asking of us, and it's reflected by how free we still are. They haven't had to lock us down the way other areas have. So that's been kind of a big thing for me to keep me going and focused, and I'm still reaching a lot of people utilizing the technology we have with telemedicine and my Instagram account and just pushing as much good information as I can because people need it now more than ever. After four weeks of the news and media puking all over people, it's like you don't know what way to look right now and, and what to believe. And, and that's what I was alluding to earlier. I've been going down rabbit holes and trying to figure out like what is really going on. Like when they report this or I read about that, it's very hard to decipher what you actually need to know because a lot of it is very conflicting and confusing and then you get these conspiracy theories exploding all over the place and ulterior motives and agendas and it's a very confusing time for people it really is so it's easy to get overwhelmed and stressed and it's just it's a lot to process and after four weeks of it it's like is there an end in sight who knows so when you ask where we're at that's that's where i think we're at but i don't really know where to take it from here other than um, just day by day helping as many people as I can. But, you know, you started with a few kind of sad updates and I'm starting to see the mental health impacts this is having on people. And I really think we're going to see an interesting wave happen where it starts with a lot of stress and anxiety and then eventually it's going to turn into depression and desperation and it could only get worse if this goes on um, for a lot longer and and there's a good chance it will so that's my concern right now is trying to help people with that because they don't want us to go outside in nature yet I think that's probably one of the most healing things for people and the longer we stay inside the, the worse this could get so I'm very conflicted at a deep level Tanner. <laughs> well I'll tell you what drives me absolutely insane and it's the media because when we sit down and we watch the news at night, you watch Global BC or or CTV Saskatchewan. The number that they give you is, oh, okay, well, you've had 371 cases. 
you've had X amount of recoveries on this day. Yeah. How many recoveries have we had in total and how many active cases do we have now? That's what I want to know. Yeah. The radio gives you those numbers. We have 65 active cases in Saskatchewan right now. We okay. had one new one today. Yeah. Saskatchewan's fucking killing it. That's a good day. Yeah. It's been like this for like the last week. We, we have an announcement coming out from our premiere uh, this week as to when we're going to start opening things up and what's going like an itinerary of what's going to happen. Sure. Which is, and amazing. what did that look like? Uh, we don't know yet. We'll probably know Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that that's a good thing. Like, Let's open up the golf courses. Sure. You can only play in twosomes and you have to have separate carts. They started that on April 16th at Northview Golf and Country Club here, which is where they used to host the, the Canadian tournaments. And, yeah, they're starting that same thing, right, spreading out the green uh, tee-off times and two at a time and all that kind of stuff. You can't rent any clubs or go in the pro shops. So it's starting to slowly happen. Well, I I think that our, our media and our government needs to be a little bit more transparent as to what's going on with this thing, because at the end of the day, we're sitting, we're sitting around and it's not just one country that's affected by it or one city or one town. It's the whole world. Yep. We need to know what the fuck's going on. Yep. Like I get that every, every country has a leader, Yep. but they're not the only people that live here and they at the end of the day, they don't always make all the decisions. Like me as a person, if you tell me to stay in my house because somebody's got the flu, I ain't staying in the house. Mm -hmm. You tell me there's a world pandemic going on. And if I go outside and I have asthma, I have a 90% chance of dying. Yeah. I'm staying home. Totally. Or my children. Or, or yeah. my wife or any my my wife's grandparents exactly like, stuff like that we need to know and we, yep. do, we don't know everything we know probably about five percent of the truth i agree and then the rest of it is just like it's just a lot of hype and a lot of updates and we just don't really know what to make of it some interesting numbers though because i know you're you're uh getting uh, some numbers up in front of you there for saskatchewan specifically but I was watching an interesting communication from one doctor I've been following for the last little while, Dr. Uh, Batar. And when you look at the world numbers uh, centered around health for this year, there's some pretty crazy things that I don't think people are keying on. Uh, for example, they're anticipating uh, in the States X amount of deaths from COVID. And they've consistently had to reduce that number because they way overestimated exactly how lethal it was going to be. So what we really thought was going to be hundreds of thousands is now going to be a small chunk of that. But what a lot of people don't realize is the number of deaths around communicable diseases, car accidents, seasonal flu, um, cancer, suicides are all to date starting from January 1st till now way in excess of COVID. Oh, yeah. So when you look at like the public health numbers and how many deaths there are, all of those things I just mentioned are double, triple, quadruple in excess of what COVID has uh, claimed this year. Yet nobody's talking about that. It's all about this, you know. Because this, this is brand virus. new. This, yeah. This is a brand new thing. This is actually something that somebody cooked up in a laboratory. Yeah. And, and road traffic accidents are currently like four times as lethal still. So you have a better chance of getting you know, killed in an intersection than by this thing when you just look at the straight numbers. 
And yeah, nobody's talking about this. And a lot of this stuff is preventable, right? A lot of this stuff is, like I said, communicable diseases, cancer, um, you know, smoking related deaths, car accidents, a lot of this stuff is controllable. And yeah, it's completely getting buried all for a number that's much smaller. So it's not to say that COVID is not real and it's not killing people and it's not existing, but it's like we're losing um, the bigger picture here. And, and there's still a lot of other things that need to be discussed and it's getting no airtime right now, like zero. Could you imagine though every year and flu season comes around like, hey, everybody locked down, you're not going to work, the whole country shut down. That would be a crazy thought. It would be. It's crazy, but in all reality, COVID-19 is not going anywhere. Well, that's just it. When you say that reality that might be coming, I, that's not far off. Because oh. I have some colleagues thinking, like, this is just the start of many. There might be a pandemic every year or every few years or every five years at this rate because what we're doing from a public health standpoint is not working. And, and these things are just getting worse and worse and worse. So, yeah, you're right, Tanner. Like, this could start to happen more and more often, like, Prepare for waves of these. They're talking about second waves in the fall. And I had a colleague of mine give an interesting opinion where he's like, this is just the first pandemic of many. There's potentially going to be more and more to come over mine and yours lifetime here. So uh, that's why this whole exit strategy of like, go home, do nothing, quarantine, wait for a vaccine, and that's going to fix the problem. It's a very broken way to look at it because then what? What about the next time? Now we have to do it again, wait for another vaccine, and then the next, and the next, and the next. And that does not fix anything because it's not necessarily the bug that's the problem. It's like sort of our, our global health and, and, and health as a society that's an issue. Well, here's another reality, too, is there's people that have at-home chemistry sets. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of nutcases that have at-home chemistry sets. So... Let's say you're a mastermind, like Megamind from that fucking cartoon. And you're like, okay, so the world went crazy when 50,000 people died and we got a new virus. Yep. So what if I concoct another one and then release that? Totally. That's, and a, that's real. It is very real. And if you create a virus, what does that create a need for? An antidote. And if you have enough scared people infected or at risk of being infected that price for that antidote goes through the roof because the demand is so high. So it's almost like, are they connected? And the answer is most likely. <laughs> yeah, more likely. But yeah. I, I think you're going to see a lot of people moving out of big cities and going to more rural communities and, and smaller, yeah. smaller, smaller communities where they're the idea, like I'm looking through your back window. I'm like, that's fucking terrifying right now. It is when you think about it. It really is because what is the risk factor for this spread is population density. So where this is ripping through populations, it's where they're all dense in these high rises. And you bring up an interesting point because someone was saying they were watching, a, I think it was a clip or a documentary where they were interviewing this family that lived in the woods off the grid. And guess how much they care about the COVID crisis right now? They don't. because They don't. We have, they don't even know what's barely going on. They're like, my day-to-day -day doesn't change. I grow my food. I go hunting. My family's safe. I know where they are. Our parents live in the cabin, you know, uh, just, uh, just behind ours. We don't give a shit. We're off the grid. It's of zero concern to us. It was just such a different way of looking at life. <laughs> well, we have family that's out in the middle of buttfuck Idaho, Saskatchewan, 5,000 yeah. acres of property that we talked to them yesterday, like nothing's changed. Yeah. Nobody comes it's, here. It's a total non-issue. <laughs> <laughs> but where crazy. is it an issue in these huge, highly density uh, areas, right? So 
yeah, it's something to think about for sure. Like maybe the next time we do a podcast and you're sitting in front of that window, it'll look like The Walking Dead. <laughs> it very well could. <laughs> the apocalypse is going to happen. It's a place like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually had some interesting questions come in for you. Um, I only put this out like very briefly that I wanted to, to get some questions. But um, Yeah, sure. I had a question come in about face masks. And it's, okay. an, it's an interesting question. It is. They want to know what the side effects of the face masks are, but they also want to know because it creates a barrier in front of your face. Yep. So when you're talking face to face with somebody, something's lost. Correct. Facial expressions. Yeah, and, smiling. Yeah. So yep. what are the what are the side effects of wearing other than the, like you you can't see your face? So between you and me, the first time I ever wore a mask was during this crisis. And I've been a doctor for five years here, but I don't work in a hospital setting. So typically in an outpatient setting, we're never wearing masks. So this is my first experience with masks. And again, obviously have a good network of people I can talk to about this topic. And the analogy is this, if you don't have the right mask on, because people have to understand that viruses and particles are so tiny that if you don't have the right mask on, it's like trying to keep dust out of your home using chicken wire. Yeah. So if you say, say you're trying to prevent dust from coming in the window, if you have the wrong mask on, it's like putting chicken wire up and expecting it to block the dust from coming in that's not going to work. So it has to be the right kind of mask that filters properly and allows a uh, pure seal and barrier around your face. So that's where the N95s come in. These surgical masks, and maybe a few of the listeners have seen these videos where you can still blow out a candle blowing through this surgical mask. Yeah. So it's not stopping your air. You can blow, if you blow hard enough, it goes right through the mask and you blow the candle out. So that would be your chicken wire analogy. Why the fuck would you even have that mask on? Well, I see people at the grocery store and they're they're wearing these, they're hand stitched out of fabric. I'm like, that's literally not doing shit. You look like an idiot. 20% or less effective those cloth masks are. Okay. And they really only prevent you from projecting. They don't really protect you personally. So, dude, huge waste of time. They're like turning into fashion statements. I think they're the dumbest thing ever. Some other side effects I noticed. You cannot breathe wearing these things. So if you're doing anything more than standing or sitting... Say you're walking around or you're doing like physical labor or you're working with a patient, you are out of breath very, very quickly because you don't get proper exchange of oxygen carbon dioxide. So it throws off your internal chemistry really quickly. That's it's almost good. like I had chest tightness. I was short of breath just from wearing this goddamn thing. It's incredibly hot as well. And at the end of the day, I think for most people, it's just that um, – it's a peace of mind or something because when you actually look at the science of it, it's, it's super useless for most people, my friend, unless it's the right mask in the right setting. But I see people running as a couple and there's no one in a 200 feet of them and they're both wearing masks out in the park. And I'm like, what are you guys doing now? Now I get it for maybe a really highly dense area or if people are coughing all over the place, but it is getting completely out of hand, man. And uh, I'm certainly not condoning it in the, in the sense that I think everybody and their mom should be wearing a mask right now. I, I think it's just getting crazy. And the gloves are even stupider. People go to the grocery store and they wear the same pair of gloves, touch everything, their keys, right? The checkout stand, all the fruits and vegetables, the cart, 
uh, everything, and it's like the same pair of gloves. If anybody knew how gloves work, between each separate patient, you put on a new pair of gloves every single time. When you leave one room, you take the gloves off in the garbage. You enter the next room, you have a fresh pair of gloves. Like, why are people using gloves right now is so stupid. You're actually going to wash your hands less, and it's going to create more of a problem. That's another uh, a fun thing that's happening right now is uh, people are washing their hands so much that literal skin is falling off their hands. Yeah, I'm getting dry patches on the back of my knuckles and little like uh, little marks because I'm scrubbing so much, and yeah. that's just because of my job. And if I do have to see people face to face, you got to wash your hands like ten times over now. So. I mean, that's still the way to go. But, yeah, you're seeing some interesting side effects from all this stuff. And I prefer the soap over the antibacterial stuff for sure when possible. Well, I'm still working right now. I work in agriculture. Yeah. So I go to work every day. But it's interesting because we have hand-washing breaks. Okay. Okay. Tanner, your guys over here, you five guys, it's time to go wash your hands. Every time we go wash our hands, the cleaner goes in and cleans the bathroom next person cleaner cleans the bathroom so it's 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 interesting to see how humans are adapting to this and and businesses are adapting to it because none of this would have even been a a second thought no two months ago not at all never but how much of this is going to transfer after yep this is a discussion we're having a lot of lately yeah and, uh, and how much of the social distancing when it's taken away is going to transfer over too? like, are humans going to be scared to interact with other humans? And I think, I think it's a yes. You're seeing it already, man. <laughs> like we go for a family walk every night with the dogs. We have a, a double sidewalk that goes down one of the streets. People literally cross to the other side of the street. Like, yep. This is a problem. It really is. You're like 100 feet apart and they're scurrying away or you're almost like forced to walk off the sidewalk onto the road and there might be oncoming traffic. There's really weird dynamics happening when it comes to, yeah, social etiquette on sidewalks. And it's it's starting to feel weird. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, though. If I'm in Walmart and homeboys fucking breathing down my neck in the oatmeal aisle, I'm going to turn around and say, listen, man, you got to back up. Totally. But... I'm not going to cross the street because somebody else is walking down the other side. Yeah, I mean, where do you draw the line, right? It's tough because the the longer that this continues is the longer it's going to become a daily occurrence. And, and the longer that it's a daily occurrence, it's going to become life. Yeah. And then we're going to be kind of forever changed with our social norms. Exactly. And yeah. That, and, that, and that's going to breed mental health issues. Humans, humans need human to human interaction. If we don't have that, we go fucking nuts. We go crazy. It's one of the basic, uh, Ab Maslow has a hierarchy of needs. Yeah. And one of them is that, that connectedness, that socializing, very important for mental health. Touching. Yeah. Hugging people. Yeah. Seeing your handshakes, all that stuff that's been completely removed, uh, from our day to day. It's really going to start to add up. Now, is there a way that do you think that we can implement this back into society once we lose it? Because we're going to lose it. Yeah. No, we are. We're, we're getting there. I think people are starting to really lose it and freak out. Yeah. And this, like I said earlier, is cu- discussions we've been having about how are things going to change? Because 
even if they say, okay, we can start opening back up again, it's not like the floodgates are going to open. There's going to be a transition period and people are going to have to get up to speed and businesses will have kind of a lag period before business picks back up. And we're already looking into things like sneeze guards. And again, I'm not sure if the research is even there, but it's almost going to get to the point where if you don't have a sneeze guard on the front of your counter that separates your reception from the customer, it's like, People aren't going to have a peace of mind and they're and they're not going to think you're doing enough almost because, yeah, if you don't have the mask and the gloves and the sneeze guard, well, I'm not coming to your business now. And you just wonder how crazy this is going to get. And this is regardless of what research shows, because like I said, the research on most of the masks is crappy. I'm not sure these sneeze guards are going to do a whole lot except just give that perception to people that you're looking out for their health. It's, we're entering into a really weird time. And I worry about that stuff. I really do because you're like approaching someone and then it's like almost like you're playing a game of chicken with like who's going to get out of the way first and it is so strange man uh we haven't heard any policy or procedure changes but you bet your ass it's coming i bet you health canada when businesses start opening it's there's gonna be different policies and procedures there's going to be uh different limits probably between the amount of people that can come in your business at any given time you know the occupancy that places are rated for and you know where i think this is going to hit right away is gyms yeah People think that Planet Fitness, 24-Hour Fitness, Gold's Gyms is going to swing the doors open and have hundreds of people crawling all over the equipment. I bet you they're going to be nerfed substantially to the point where it's 30 people, 50 people in the gym at a time, only a certain amount of people per floor. They'll probably be increased gym fees for more cleaning and the fact that their membership base is going to take a hit. I think the model is going to change quite a bit. And people don't really realize this. They just think, oh, don't worry. We're going to start loosening restrictions and we're going to open back up soon. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice to be optimistic, but you have to be real with this too. And I think there's going to be some big changes with that. I think that people think that their gym's going to open back up. You need to give your head a shake because when you're at the gym, what are you doing? You're sweating. So you're exchanging bodily fluids with people. Breathing very heavy. So I think that radius of a normal breath is actually increased at the gym. I think they're the last things to get open back up. Yeah. So I had insider information, Tanner. And again, this could be complete bullshit. Insider information that says gyms might be closed until the start of next year. I'm not against it. Yeah. Because... And, and I, I go, that's crazy, but it's it's possible. <laughs> well, I'm not against it because you get 150 people in a big gym. You guys are running on treadmills beside each other, doing ab workouts and yoga and stretching your ass and all that shit. Yeah. But everything that's flying around in that gym is moisture. Yep. And usually the barbells and dumbbells are probably only clean once a day, but think of how many hands touch them on any given day. We got to remember how many assholes too are in there that don't spray their shit down. Yeah. There's tons of that. It's disgusting. Yeah. So... Yeah, you, you got to look at that and go, the government's thinking, okay, you guys are dead last. Okay, well, we'll get to you when we get to you. <laughs> that's the last thing. If, I, if yeah. I'm a government official, that's the last thing I'm worried yeah. about. I'm yep. worried about making sure agriculture goes. People yep. have a way to get food. There's yep. gasoline, so the, the oil market goes up. Those Essential health care. Doctors, yep. physici- physicians. Uh, yeah. The people that go to the retirement homes, what are they, RMTs or, or I don't know what they're fucking called. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Those care people, aids, all that. Yeah, Care aids, all that yep. kind of stuff. Fuck Tim Hortons, close down. 
Well, that's just it. When you look at what the government is thinking uh, when it comes to what's essential and what's not, I, I've been shaking my head a lot lately. I really am, am har having a hard time to understand where certain things are essential and certain things are not. For example, we've been closed for nearly a month, yet uh, a lot of these fast food places, McDonald's, the liquor stores, everything's just open ad nauseum. And I'm like, <laughs> how does that get deemed essential? And I've been sharing my uh, issues with it on my social media, trying to get people to understand that during an immune system crisis and a pandemic like this, you've you got to do everything you can to support your immune system. And consuming excessive amounts of alcohol is one of the worst things you can do. It's so immunosuppressive. And so I, I've been verbalizing this, saying, like, the government is ridiculous. It used to be, I think, 11 to 7 or 8 you could buy booze. And now they're saying it's 7 to 11. So 7 in the morning you can line up to get booze now because they're deeming it essential because they want the elderly and the immunocompromised to have access to it. And I said... Wait a minute, read that headline again. How does this make sense that you want the elderly and immunocompromised a time to go get their booze during a pandemic that directly involves the immune system, alcohol is an immunosuppressant? And of course, a lot of people barked back at me and are like, well, did you know that if an alcoholic doesn't have his booze for a few days, he can die and have a seizure? I'm like, of course I know that. But how far have we fallen that that is deemed essential and people need to have unlimited access to alcohol to the point where... All these other things are closed, but that gets to remain open. I'm like, it's nothing about what they say it is. It's all about money and taxation and liquor tax. And, and if you can't see that, you're blind and you need to wake up to what really is going on here. And yeah, I'm having a tough time with that stuff now, as you can see. It, it just It's firing me up and I don't know what to do except keep sharing as much as I can with people about how to promote health right now but when i hear that liquor sales are up 40 or 50 percent and then domestic abuse is up 100 percent, i get pretty fucking angry well here's the thing though what's the difference between an alcoholic and a drug addict they're both addicts they're both <laughs> one's drugs. legal and one's not they're both drugs yeah just but one's, one's legal, legal and one's not which is crazy right alcohol kills more people than fucking crack get this they apparently spend in Canada $3 billion a year on addictions, and $2 billion of that goes to alcoholism. And I said, how is that working out for us? I'm not, a, I'm not a big drinker. I had a beer the other night. It was a nice beer. It was an Irish beer. I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't understand alcoholism, and I don't understand the people that want to sit down around a table and crack a 24-pack and drink the whole fucking thing. It makes no sense to me. No, I don't get it either, man. I never have. If that's your crutch, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's your crutch. Yeah. Uh, realistically, it's can it's you probably give the it most up? the most overused coping mechanism. It's not even a fucking coping mechanism. It's an excuse. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like, oh, I had a bad day. Six beers. Let's go. Yep. Wow. And and now I feel for the people. Uh, that are stuck at home. And like I said, the, the domestic abuse lines are up 100% because the women's support groups have all been canceled. No one can meet in person. And now people are potentially trapped at home with uh, you know, a pretty scary scenario. So I don't know what to make of it. And like I said, when the government does something like that, I think they're just fueling not just the person who's consuming the alcohol's problem, but then it bleeds over into all these other areas. And now the entire families are getting affected. And oh. then the cops I know are like, the domestic uh, abuse calls they're getting are just through the roof right now, but then they don't have the right personal protective equipment to deal with these scenarios. So it's like, it's creating a complete shit show on every level. It's not even domestic uh, abuse. That's through the roof, especially in your area right now. 
sexual assaults are skyrocketing. Sure. So, That's another one that pisses me off. Uh, what's the other one? Is looting. Looting is up four times because all the businesses are closed. So yeah. people are just breaking in and stealing shit. Weird shit happens when dumb shit happens. Yeah. And, but it's like the longer this goes, the weirder it gets. And then I, I'm trying to follow along and make sense of the, the support structures they're trying to put in place. But then there's a lot of stuff that makes you scratch your head and go, is, is this really about what we think it is? Or are we missing the point here? Well, here's a doctor question then, because the people that are creating these things in labs, they're doctors. Why on God's green earth are we fucking with shit? Yep. You try and play God and you get shot in the foot, right? Why? Why yeah. would somebody create something like that in a lab? Well, the only thing I can think of is obviously research is research, and that's what labs are for, and scientists love to do that kind of stuff. And I know you asked me the same similar question last time. You're like, can we just really chalk this up to like, oh, whoops, we didn't mean for that to get out. Or like, is there something else going on here, right? And we were touching on the the medical and biologic warfare. And there are some theories floating around that, uh, you know, China never thought they could deal military versus military. But now they have an upper hand because they're the first nation to recover from all this. And while the rest of the world is now crumbling, they're starting to get back online. And maybe it was just this one big play from the start. I don't know. What do you say for that? But then I also come back to that. You create this virus and then you create this demand for an antidote. And there's, there's a lot of money sitting over here on that antidote side. And it's like, that's when you get the Bill Gates of the world chiming in going, oh, don't worry. We got your vaccine coming and you'll be healthy and happy once we get it in you. And it's like, well, hold on a second here. Like, this is all potentially manufactured from from the start to the finish. And that is doesn't you know, that doesn't sit easy with me. Well, China wasn't altogether truthful about their, their casualties from this virus either. I had, a, I had an interesting article sent to me the other day, and it was, um, it was from China, and it was 13 million cell phones went offline. Yes, I heard this. Tell can't, me more because I had a friend mention the same thing. Yeah. Can't find the users. Yeah. Apparently, they were dug up beside a crematorium. Interesting. So where are those 13 million people? Yep. And what happened to them? And why did they go offline two weeks into the COVID-19 crisis? True. So they're like grossly either covering up or underreporting their numbers for some reason. Exactly. So yeah. when, when, the, when the Chinese start breeding like barn rats again to get their fucking numbers back up, we'll probably find <laughs> out. Yeah, it will eventually get uh, brought to the surface. But yeah, I heard that someone was saying all of a sudden these cell phones just went poof and the, all the carriers were going... We can't account for all these people. What happened? No, there are millions, millions and yeah. millions gone. That's yeah. The, like didn't pay the bill, didn't turn the phone on, can't track it. Yeah, so it's dead. Yeah, the phone has not been charged. Very weird. Very very curious. You know, we'll figure it out. It'll be Donald Trump. <laughs> Seems to be figuring out a lot of pedophile rings right now. Yeah, some interesting stuff. Did you watch that documentary, Into the Shadows or Out of the Shadows, whatever it's called? Yeah. Man, that got me thinking. Uh, we watched that, I want to say it was, yeah, a few days ago. Unbelievable. How when you peel it back, there's just like those, what, five or six main corporations that have their hand in every single cookie jar, whether it's TV, movie, the news, the radio, you name it. Like, just been programming us from day one with all the same sort of subliminal messaging. Well, we had Harvey Weinstein get busted. We had one of the one of the princes of England. He's a he's a convicted pedophile now. Yeah. Um, and then the queen mysteriously gets the virus and goes MIA. 
Yeah. Um, the the sensible prince packs up and moves to Canada with his hot wife. True. So what's 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 going on in the world? Obama's been tossed around in the in the equation too. Oh, really? Yeah. Hillary oh. Clinton. They, yeah. What's going on? Super messed up, man. But it, can it all be connected? Potentially. Who knows? I live in small town Saskatchewan. I don't really give a flying fuck what's going on over in America. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what happens in America does affect us. That's just it, right? And, and that's where I always remind people that like we're guilty by association. So the fact that we share a border, whatever shit show happens down there, it, it impacts us up here. It absolutely does. I think we might have got a little off topic with going through conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let, let's get back to what people can do. Mental yes. health. What can people do for their mental health to stay sane during this nastiness? Yeah. So one of the big things I keyed on the other day, and I did an awesome little video series on this, is you have to develop and establish your morning routine and keep it absolutely consistent. And if you don't have one now, now is the best time to do it because people are obviously having different work schedules. They're working from home. There's absolutely no excuses when it comes to a morning routine. And I look at the morning routine as a way to set the stage for the day, but more importantly, to look after your mental health right now. So you should look at the morning routine as how do I take care of my mental health right now? How do I make sure the stress, anxiety, desperation, and depression, and hopelessness, how do I make sure none of that gets me long-term with this? So simple steps I've been doing with people is like, wake up, make your bed, that's your first win of the day, get your workout in, uh, make sure you have a shower and change your clothes. A lot of people are parading around going, I'm still in my pajamas, I'm doing work in the same clothes I wore yesterday, I haven't showered for three days. And you know, you joke and you laugh, but this all really impacts your mental health because it's hard to separate the home from work right now because I understand for most people it's all the same spot. But your body and your mind are getting a lot of mixed messages right now. So you have to kind of keep your morning routine absolutely consistent. You got to get outside and get a 10-minute walk and make sure you're getting sunlight, right? It's a natural antidepressant. We've talked at length about vitamin D before. And if you just stay among your four walls, you're going to feel exponentially worse as the day goes. So you have to develop and keep this morning routine Um right, Make sure you get a high-protein breakfast in. Spend some time with your family. And not just, like I said, sort of joke and, and, and make light of the fact that you have no routine. Because trust me, if you can't keep order in your house, then your, your mind is going to be chaotic as well. And you've probably heard the thing before that, you know, you can tell if someone's office is a mess, if someone's car is a mess, you know that their brain is also a jumbled mess as well. So, you know, if you really want to show up at 100%, especially in today's world, then you got to be straight up here. And the only way you can do that is take control of your immediate surroundings, right? Everyone wants to change the world, but their house is a mess and they can't even make their bed first thing. And they, they can't stay consistent and honor the workout that they're trying to do every day. So that is really what I'm taking it back to because I think the morning routine stuff applies to everyone. It doesn't matter what you do that that has to be like your home base and, and way that you start each and every day. And I think a lot of people are missing that right now and they're glorifying it almost. And I don't like that. Well, also let's not get up, do the, do the morning routine and then sit down and have a bowl of frosted flakes. There you go. Let's not do that. Let's make some eggs, have some oatmeal, have some fruit, drink some water, do, True. do something healthy. Because I, I could do get up and do that whole morning routine. And eat Frosted Flakes and feel like a piece of shit and get back in my pajamas again. 100%. Yeah. Right. 
I do. I've been doing that morning routine thing with the cold shower. I kind of like that. Oh, that was another thing. Yeah, I, I mentioned shower and get dressed. But if you can, end the shower on 30 to 60 seconds of really cold, about as cold as you can handle. That'll wake you up better than any cup of coffee. And it oh, gets yeah. you out of your head and into your body fast. Trust me, it'll send you flying out of the shower pretty quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In um, a good way, though. Like, it invigorates you. And there's a lot of research on cold exposure, Tanner, for mental health, particularly depression. I, um, in the summer times, I do a lot of cold therapy. I have a blow up pool. Yeah. And then I fill it up like after training, I'll fill it up with just water from the hose and then I'll throw ice in it. Fantastic. Nice. I like cool. that. Um, yeah. now, another question for this morning routine thing, you, you're saying making your bed is your first win of the day. Now yep. that first win is not an option for me because I get up at four thirty in the morning to get ready for work. And my wife is still sleeping. <laughs> yeah. So my my win of the day for me is actually making something healthy for breakfast and not being Perfect. that fun. Good, good, good. And that can be whatever win you want. The flicking of the covers is easy for most. But, yeah, if she's still in bed, obviously you're not going to make it as is. <laughs> Your morning win, if you are married, it could be waking her up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Exiting the bedroom silently, win. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think any of the, the supplementation has changed, though. Vitamin D, vitamin C. Um, if you can get the, the the vitamin C injections or whatever the hell they were. Yeah, and they're finally starting to roll that out in uh, New York, L.A., all through the states, as well as now it's finally starting to happen in Canada because it is a useful tool against viral illnesses and that is what the coronavirus is so that's one thing they're starting to use and research a lot more right now is the vitamin c injections we use them all the time for colds and flus and bad viral stuff and outpatient uh, treatment options uh, energy that kind of stuff so wonderful treatment uh, things to add you already mentioned the vitamin c vitamin d zinc and selenium we touched on a bit last time there's some interesting stuff coming out now about quercetin melatonin there's a few other ones that we didn't touch on too much last time that i can touch on right now essentially zinc the micronutrient is antiviral but it's only antiviral if it gets inside the cell so what they're finding is when you pair quercetin with zinc it actually helps force zinc into the cell to do its antiviral magic. So quercetin is known as a zinc ionophore, and there's many ionophores that help zinc get into the cell. Vitamin A and vitamin D are also on that list, but this quercetin's an interesting one. So that's another uh, one to consider. It's it's found in foods, right? Uh, apples is kind of one of your main sources of, of quercetin, but that one has hit the the mainstream a lot more this last while. And melatonin's another interesting one. Most people know this for sleep, right? Yeah. It helps you sleep, it uh, gets you um, wound down before bed, but it's actually an antioxidant as well. And what they're finding is in the elderly population, their output of melatonin drops as they age. So they're finding that the groups that do best uh, are those with really high melatonin levels. So it is actually also being used as a, as a potential analog for treating and preventing um, as we go here. Health Canada has been pretty strict on what we can and can't say, so I'm just... I'm just throwing ideas out there at this point. I'm not telling anyone to do anything as a, as a disclaimer, but I encourage everyone to do their own research and look these things up because uh, there's tons of good literature on it right now. So don't believe the mainstream media when they're like, there's nothing you can do. There's no way to improve your health. There's no way to improve your immune system. Dietitians of Canada released a few, a few weeks ago, Tanner. Did I just hear your phone to say it's going to die? Uh, it's got 10% left. We should be good. <laughs> 
work. You know what? What I'm finding is the phones are dying fast these days because it's the only way to communicate with people right now. So I'm using my phone way friggin' more, and it used to last a full day, no problem. But anyway, uh, what was I going to touch on there? Oh yeah, the the dietitians of Canada said stop spreading misinformation. You can't boost your immune system. Uh, nutrients and diet have nothing to do with the healthy functioning immune system. And I was like, this is the biggest load of BS I've ever heard that dietitians of Canada would release communication like this because there's tons of research showing that the micronutrients and diet and foods you eat can make or break your immune system 100% because you need all these nutrients for your white cells and red cells and all these communication molecules to do their job. And if you're deficient in any of them, your function and ability to respond to this kind of stuff will suffer. Yeah. Because again, why do we have two people that are the same age and one person can come in contact with something, not even know that they're infected, be done with it in two days, and then someone else gets knocked on their ass? Well, clearly there's a discrepancy in how their immune systems are functioning. So the quicker people realize this and get on board with it, the better. Because like I said, the exit strategy is not sit around here and, and wait for a vaccine to come save you. It's work on general health and strengthen your system right now and then there's some wonderful ways to do it and don't let anyone tell you that you can't boost and strengthen and increase your immune function because that person has no idea what they're talking about if they say and believe that i also had another question about at-home workouts and i'll i'll, I'll give you my answer yeah um if you can't look in the mirror and motivate yourself Find somebody that can motivate you. There's tons of people online right now that are doing at-home workouts that you can work along with them on Instagram or Facebook. But find the person that, this. if you're fucking at home, you got nothing else to do, just search it. Find somebody that can motivate you to do something. Because some a lot of people just, they can't look in the mirror and be like, ah, fuck, I'm a fat fuck, cool, man. Totally. But So what are you doing? What's working for you right now? I've never ever had a problem with motivation to do, to do stuff. It's never been an issue for me. Um, I've always found it fun. So, I, <laughs> a lot of people don't like working out, though. Well, I, I think what you said is the most important thing. When I tell people about exercise, I always ask them, what do you enjoy? Because you, you have to enjoy it and see fun in it. Otherwise, it's not going to be sustainable long term. It becomes a yeah. chore. So for me, it's it, it's weightlifting, right? It always has been. Ever since I picked up a barbell, I fell in love with it. So the, yeah, that's never a hard one for me to do. Uh, I've been doing that for you know going on almost twenty years here. But if someone's like, I don't love lifting weights, they have to find that thing they love. They absolutely yeah. do, and that's why I encourage people to just try a, a wide range of stuff. There's something special about building muscle though, because it fixes a lot of stuff physiologically, and then uh, mental health, confidence, all that tends to go way up. Yeah when you do weight training uh what i'm telling people right now though tanner is because we just touched uh touched on earlier that the gyms might not be opening for a better part of six to eight months you need to be equipping yourself with a home gym right now and if if you're thinking about it pull the trigger because i don't know equipment's hard to come by call your local real uh retail store go on the buy and sell maybe a friend has more stuff than he needs and you can borrow some to have for your home gym because <clears throat> excuse me, we might need a home gym for a long time to come here. And I think everyone should have a place that they can go get strong and it should be somewhere in their home. See, I'm not a big weightlifter. Um, I'm big on TRX bands though. That's good stuff. Yeah. I like TRX. I'm a cardio guy. So well, you can do like body weight stuff and build an incredible body. And I think you yeah. hit the nail on the head. There's tons of free accounts and free workouts that people can find on Instagram right now. Most fitness professionals that I follow that have a big following 
they've had to move to that. So they, they got new free downloadable PDFs. You can follow along with their daily videos and yeah. it's all essentially minimal equipment from the home. Uh, You're going to show us your yesterday. gym? I'm going to show us show the gym because we woke up yesterday and we just kind of both looked at each other and said, screw this. Uh, we missed the gym. We missed the community, but we can't go there right now. So let's just build our own home gym. So kind of see behind there. We brought a squat rack up here. Uh, we got two pieces of rubber that we can do lifting on, three barbells. We built this box. We got one of the last boxes there, easy to build with a screwdriver. Set of dumbbells. We got a slam ball here as well for some over-the-shoulder stuff. And, uh, yeah, pull-up bar there, adjustable bench, and then a, a wall to do handstand push-ups on on the far side there. So we just said screw it, and let's just lean on a few people we know, uh, rent some gear, buy some gear, piece it together. Uh, and slowly but surely it came together. So it just it took a bit of work. I mean, I was running around like a madman yesterday, but now I'm like, I'm not at someone else's mercy. <laughs> I, I'm not at like, oh, is it going to open? Can we use this space? Oh, no, we're closed. I don't have to worry about that bullshit anymore. We, we got it right there. What's, and your, so what's your phone very, percentage very, at right now? Uh, what are we at? Let's take a look. <laughs> I am at 8%. I'll okay. go to low power mode. All right. Um, like I said earlier off the air, if you're not absolutely ridiculously jacked by the end of this <laughs> thing, I'm going to be pissed. Fair enough. And uh, you can hold me to that. I appreciate it because uh, a little extra motivation never hurt. <laughs> now, let's talk about this real quick before we don't. Yeah, sure. So this is the food safe allergy test. This is going to test my blood against the top 100. Yes. Foods that people eat, which is a pretty, it's pretty good. It's yeah, it's going to catch about 80% of the foods that people will find in North America right there. And it's an easy at home collection kit. Uh, even someone like Tanner can probably figure this out. <laughs> so it comes with this nice biohazard bag and then yeah. you got your finger prickers. So basically yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to prick my finger. There's five squares on this card. I'm going to put the blood on those, on those dots yeah. and send it back to you and you do the rest. Correct. Yeah, you're going to let it dry, label it with all your information. We're going to send it to a lab down in Washington State. They're still open and running the test right now. And they're going to check you against all those foods. They're going to generate a nice, colorful report. And then we'll know what foods you should be eating, what foods you should be avoiding. And then uh, we'll be able to build a custom nutrition plan for you to increase recovery, performance. And we use this all the time for skin issues. If someone has eczema or psoriasis, that's also usually a food-related issue. Uh, weight gain or weight loss issues is another big one. Uh, any digestive symptoms at all, gas, bloating, stomach pains, changes in bowel habits. Those are all the reasons we would use a food sensitivity panel because it takes the guesswork out of your diet. Sometimes people know what bothers them, but a lot of the time uh, you don't because you can have a reaction to food anywhere between zero and 72 hours later. So it's sometimes very hard to pinpoint what's screwing you up. Yeah. And this report gives you your kryptonite foods so that you can get them out right away. And some amazing side effects. You'll have uh, mental clarity will go up, uh, weight loss and inflammation and water retention tends to go down, performance, recovery. We, we tend to see pretty good improvements in all those uh, areas. If there are any skin issues, that tends to clear up. So some really nice things happen when you sort out the diet. And who knows, sometimes it's just random stuff where you're like, I've been eating that for years and I had no idea. Meanwhile, it's cause, causing a bunch of low-grade inflammation, which can down the road cause other health issues. 
It's very true. I got two yeah. more things I want to talk to you about before your phone sure. dies. Um, <laughs> The, with with uh, the way that people are living right now is people are getting a small glimpse of what it's like to be in prison a little bit. Totally are, 100%. Do you think that this is going to change? I'm not saying for rapists or murderers or skin hounds or anything like that or like serious <laughs> crimes, but misdemeanors, are we going to change the way that we punish people? That's a good question. I never thought of it like that. Because rehabilitation for prisoners that happens on a misdemeanor crime, like you, you stole a chocolate bar or you got busted selling a bag of weed. Yeah, it's like essentially house arrest, right? Basically, you're you're stuck in a in a four by eight cell with another dude that you don't like. You got a shit in front of him. <laughs> is that is that the proper way to rehabilitate these people? In my mind, it's no. No, no, I don't think so either. So will the. I, I'm I'm guessing that this is going to change the way that that we punish people a little bit too because a lot of money goes into paying for these prisons to be able to feed these dudes and and provide them with water and power or or females, right? Agreed. Yeah, it's very pricey and some people prefer, right? You, you hear that story where the uh, the homeless will, will break a law so that they can go get their three square meals a day and actually a place to, to rest so they're not sleeping outside on the sidewalk, right? Three hots and a cot. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an interesting... You know what it'll also do? Hopefully it'll help people realize, like, hey, this is this is house arrest, this is lockdown. You know, you have a lot of your freedom stripped from you in a yeah. scenario like this, and it's like, holy shit, I don't want to live like this. But so I, I'm, I'm going to toe the line and think twice. This, this is all going to come down to dollars and cents, though, right? Yeah. Because... Right now, our economy is losing so much money. Can we afford to house these gentlemen, or can we send them to a rehabilitation program? Yeah. And if the dollar and the economy can't support it, that's going to be interesting. Well, you're plugging in now, eh? I'm setting up, man. I'm, I'm good all <laughs> night. I'm here all night. So uh, it was just, it was something that crossed my mind a couple of days ago. I was like, shit, like we're losing so much money. Right, we now, are right now, are we going to fork out still to house these these people? It's <laughs> a great question, <laughs> right? And like I said, crime and all that stuff. Like I don't know what, what what that means for arrests and incarcerations, but it's probably going up as well. Well, for people that have pending pending crimes right now, they've all been put off. Yeah, when you think of the uh, the court system is going to be backed up, so trial dates and all that, that's all going to be dragged out too. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of people that, A, are going to get off scot-free because there's not yeah. going to be time to deal with it. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, you fucking let off a fire extinguisher in somebody's house. <laughs> See you later. That's actually a lot of fun, Tanner. Probably. <laughs> but uh, just uh, the, the pandemic makes my brain tick. It's like, how is the world going to work when this is all said and done? Correct. What friends am I going to have left? Yep. Who's going to fuck off? Who's going to go nuts? Yep. Like, you don't know. I know. And we're, leaves... start, we're already starting to see it. And like I was saying earlier, I anticipate from a mental health standpoint, it's going to start to skid even more out of control. Yeah. Unless we can kind of get things moving a bit by July or June, hopefully, right? It's just, it's so crazy, man. Well, in all reality, though, is it really that bad? No, and like I said, when I have when I have context from how other people are being uh, detained right now and quarantined, then no, 
it's really not that bad. I got I got a gym. I got a beautiful new place that we just moved into. I can go to the grocery store. I can go to the gas station. I can still do a bit of work uh, in person, mostly telemedicine. Yeah, it's certainly not the end of the world. I, I, you know, are we tolerating it? Yes. Is it enjoyable? Certain elements, but I'm yeah. certainly not hating it the way I first was. Uh, I'm looking for opportunity. You know, if I've realized anything through this Tanner, is there's two ways to look at it. I'm screwed or I'm going to find a way to make this work. And I know for you, your business has been largely unaffected, right? You're kind of yeah. just status quo. For me, mine was substantially affected and I had two options, roll over and die or figure out a way to make this work. Okay. Because yeah. a lot of my colleagues and a lot of people, and I'm not calling people out necessarily, but a lot of people are mailing it in, right? Yeah. A lot of people are throwing their arms up in the air and going, I'm screwed. Let's just call it. Let's close this. I don't want to do anything. Cancel everything. I'm screwed. Or you could say, hey, there's still opportunity out there because at the end of the day, there's still money exchanging hands. There's still people that need services and products. That is for real. So you just have to find where you fit into the picture now. And it's a lot different four weeks yeah. later than it was you know, just a month or two ago. But... I've kind of reminded myself that the, the ball is still in your court to a certain extent and you still have some control over this, whether you want to admit it or not. It might not be at the same level in the same capacity and the same way you're used to, but I'm really encouraging people to, to not quit at all costs, right? Like to not quit because you, you, you are a success if you keep pushing on, even if it's at a slightly lesser capacity or the numbers aren't quite there from the previous month. It's like, don't quit. Find a way to make it work. Pivot, shift. What are those online guys doing that do workouts? They're just shifting, right? They're doing exactly. all home workout stuff now. That's all they're doing. They're just like, why would we be doing barbell and dumbbell workouts now? Nobody has access to that. So we're just going to sell the idea of home workouts. And a lot of those guys are doing amazing. This is this is something you should be pushing like a madman. So and, and dude, I have been selling those like hotcakes. I don't even want to. Yeah, like. Because I'm talking about digestion, immune system, overall health. If people had time to work on their health, it's now because most people are at home, right? This We're never going to have time like this to work on ourselves again. This isn't even just a health thing because how much money are people wasting on food that makes them feel shitty? Yes. Or that's feeding disease or that's sucking their energy or that's like all kinds of stuff. Like You, so, sp you spend a little bit. Yeah. And, and you get... A lot back in return. Exactly. You know what you should be eating. Yep. Right? You can stop buying all the bullshit that you don't need to be buying. So 100%. could this save me $100 a month? Probably. Easily. Yeah. Probably. Yep. So for all you people that are stuck in your house eating Cheetos, you fucks, yep. <laughs> this is going to tell you not to eat Cheetos. Guaranteed. <laughs> but if you guys are at home doing your home workouts... This is also going to help you get into shape faster, too. It really will. Yeah, if you're looking to lean out for summer, that is an excellent, excellent option. And you're right, my friend. You, you know, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. That is something I've been pushing a lot right now because people are stuck at home. They're eating crap, uh, too much dessert, right? Snacking, Netflix, the whole deal. So people are actually quite motivated when it comes to diet and nutrition right now. And that is a missing link that not a lot of people know about that you can actually test. And that's a home collection kit too. So I don't need to see you. I can mail it right to you. Super easy. Uh, I've been mailing them all over in the U S all across Canada, no problem. And the results we're getting are, are excellent because it just takes it up that extra notch. Uh, in all reality, everybody should have something like this done. 
Correct. There's no one it doesn't apply to. Because you could be eating something that could be like extremely detrimental to your health. Correct. Yep. So, guys, hit up Dr. Drew. Get the food safe allergy test. It's not even that much money. No, it's really not. And if people are uh, <clears throat> in different areas the, with the exchange rate right now and the way the economy is, like it's a very good time to invest some money in your health. It really is. And uh, I really would appreciate uh, the, the opportunity to help anyone that needs it, right? Okay, let's do some fun stuff. Tom, All right. Tom, you're doing squats there right now, a little because you can't sit down. You're in doing sissy place. squats. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> There's a chair right there. Grab it. Um, How's that? <laughs> yeah, take a seat. Uh, Tom Brady signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <clears throat> Gronkowski. That was what, how long ago? A month or so? About a month ago. Yeah, last time we talked about a month ago. Gronkowski quits the WWE, gets traded from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and signs a contract today. Unbelievable. And he was what? Wasn't he in retirement mode the whole deal? Yeah, he's tiny. How much steroids do you think he jumps on? Yeah, I saw a picture of him. He he deflated quite a bit, didn't he? Yeah, like big time. Like 50-plus pounds it almost looked like. Man, I don't know what to make of it. He's To me, he's always been the bionic man with all his injuries and that sleeve he would wear and the back surgery. Man, that's like, I don't know what to say except that Tom needs a few weapons around him, so why not? One last ride. <laughs> What better weapon do you have, though, than Gronk? Right? I mean, they were always a really good um, combo, no question. Yeah. I saw a funny meme where someone said, breaking news, Julian Edelman traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just to give the Patriots fans another heart attack. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, man. But he's going to need more weapons. Who does he have to throw down uh, to these days? They had, they mentioned another name today on the radio, and I can't remember what it was, but they were saying that the three of them are going to make a real good ten, like real good set over in Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, I'm just, I'd have to look at their roster, who their receivers and, and whatnot are these days. This is going to be crazy, man. I don't know what to say. Who knows? Tom Brady gets loaded up with stem cells. He becomes 25 again. <laughs> you, you never know. Well, that TB12 diet's been, been doing well. He, he said he has less pain now than he did when he was 25, 30. So. He's also uh, full of shit. Well, he did the food <laughs> sensitivity panel, though. <laughs> Tom Brady, hit up Dr. Drew and get the, get the, get the food safe <laughs> thing, man. I'm telling you right yeah. now. But that was interesting news today. It was a little, it, it made me laugh because I, I work, I listen to the COVID fucking um, news thing all yeah. day long. I want to know what the hell's going on. I want to, I want to know what kind of bullshit they're saying. But they came on, they're like, yeah, Gronkowski signs of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was like, fucking right. Now I got something to fucking talk to Dr. Drew about. <laughs> Crazy. I, I just hope there's football this year with all these acquisitions happening. What's the season look like? another thing i wanted to talk to you about um the ufc and this fighter island nonsense um and i i'm i'm a combat sports guy but it pisses me off to no extent that one guy can just say i'm going all sports are canceled i'm still going yeah you're an idiot who is that was that dana white dana white what if? Yeah, I, I read that he was pushing for it. He was not going to cancel anything. He wanted to keep going. But then somebody higher up eventually said, you cannot do this. Yeah, it's called ESPN and Disney. Yeah. 
who back to that documentary we were just talking about, right? They're like right up at the top who says basically they have final say, right? But he went he went higher. He went to the president of the United States and what? says that he wants to be the first one back. Wow. Of all sports, eh? I'm sorry, Dana, but the UFC doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Not compared to the big five. Fuck no. Yeah. If any sport's coming back first, it's golf. <laughs> True. Because you can maintain a lot of the social distancing stuff. Golf or curling, because nobody shows up to watch that shit. Yes, very true. And you have to think, we were talking about what rules and policies and changes are we going to see once we start to get back up to speed. And apparently the social distancing stuff is going nowhere fast. It's going to be in the States and many of the major areas for a year or two. Oh, this is the new normal for humanity. Yeah. So this whole, like, you have to think of what sport can they maintain six feet distance. And, and golf, you're right, is probably a good one. Golf, uh, table tennis, <laughs> badminton. And then the question is, is are they going to play these in front of no fans for the first whatever? It's interesting, right? Like Empty arenas and stuff. Like, how crazy? I mean, it's all about the fans. If you talk to any major, whether it's entertainer or performer or athlete, it's like, we do this for the fans, and I don't know how they're going to be spectating this. The CrossFit Games has already said they're going to do a remote games. So it's going to be like, what, are we going to watch them all on Zoom? Not even in the same not even in the same room going against each other in heats? Like, it's so dumb. I'm a, I'm a pro sports guy. I like sports. But what makes the world go around is a little bit more important to me than Tom Brady strapping up his cleats for another season. Sure. If we have to cancel all sports until 2021, I'm cool with it. Yeah, and it could very well be that way. Like, I don't know. Because you, you got to get this other stuff up and running first. It, it's it's lower on the totem pole right now for what needs to reopen and get back to, to speed. We're, we're at the point in the agriculture side that farmers are, are almost to the point where they're throwing their hands up and saying, fuck it, I'm not doing shit this year. Really? That ain't good. Why, though? I thought their demand would be high because there's still a lot of food and crops and all that that needs to move. Money. Interesting. If, if we don't have people working and Justin Trudeau's only coughing out $2,000 a month, what are they buying? Are they buying wheat and, and, and beef? No, because it's too expensive. They're sure. buying ramen noodles and craft yeah. dinner and bullshit. Yikes, yeah. Right? I got you. I got you. So the the higher quality stuff is just is not going to be as much of a demand for it. Well, we need to have that be a demand because it's essential. It totally is. We need it. If we don't have it, we're fuck city. We were yeah, hundred percent. So we we need to we like the agriculture. I I work on the agriculture equipment side, so I build and manufacture um, grain grain belts and stuff like that. So big, big augers and all that kind of shit. But if we don't have a need for the guys going out and harvesting their fields, like yep. that's not good. That's not good at all. So we're we're busier than all hell right now because the farmers are scared that what they when they need it, they're not gonna have it. Yeah. Which is great, but we need them to need to have it. Yeah. And like, I, there, there's you certain, see that sustaining, or do you think it's going to burn out? In Canada, I see it sustaining. 
World, okay. Worldwide, I think it's probably going to burn out. Jesus. Like when we look at the state of New York City right now, or even yeah. Quebec for that matter. Sure. They're up shit's creek without a paddle. Very much. We look at the morons that are in Florida going to the congregating at beaches on the weekend. Didn't they open the beaches again there, though? There's another topic to touch on. It's like, what are they thinking? It's funny because there's so many states. There's only so many provinces, but there's way more states, and they all have a governor which can do different things. I know I think it was either in North or South Dakota. She has the whole economy going still, whoever that governor is. Someone posted about that, and people are working, going to the parks, schools, all that kind of stuff because she's pushing for the herd immunity thing where it's like protect those most at risk and those most vulnerable – quarantine them and everyone else healthy young kids just go play spread it around and we'll keep the economy going and reach herd immunity instead of waiting around for 12 or 18 months for a vaccine it's a very radical approach but it's being used in some other areas around the world too sweden's been doing this too i know but you're waiting for a vaccine but when you get a flu vaccine a lot of the times people get the flu they do they get very sick for a day or two or three or longer. <laughs> so you, you get a COVID-19 vaccine. What's the reality that you can contract the virus? Or that you have an adverse event, a reaction to it? Because I was reading into this. It should be about four to 10 years before a vaccine goes to market. And if they push it down to 12 or 18 months, you can only imagine the amount of healthy people that might get exposure to that that could cause some real issues. That's when the zombie apocalypse happens. Yeah, I know, man. It's pretty scary. So I didn't mean to circle back to that. But yeah, it's interesting because you're talking about the state of certain areas. And then, yeah, they're opening up beaches and all that. I don't know. It's it's not my call to make, not my area of expertise necessarily, but I have my opinions on it. And yeah, some people are call, calling for just let people get back to normal, protect those most vulnerable and see what happens from there. But I have an issue with the spring breakers and stuff where it's just like, you know, beer bongs on the beach of Florida is not really what I had in mind with no. easing off the quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> the, That's the, stupid for other reasons. <laughs> the, the biggest thing that I think people can just do is just stay home. Yep. Don't fuck around. Like, we don't need 500 million people dying. No, we don't. And so far, I'd say, like I said, in Western Canada, so far, so good. Can't really say that in the States, but... Again, it, who knows how reliable some of those numbers are. You look at what happened in China. You know, you try and follow these sites that are up-to-date world metrics, and, and you still don't know what to make of it, man, because what people don't realize is some of those numbers are, I don't want to say falsified, but they'll report a death as COVID even if someone was on death's door, right? And I think that's not talked about enough where it could be someone with four or five comorbidities. They have a lot of other disease processes going on high blood pressure, diabetes, asthma, COPD, uh, cardiovascular disease. It's like that person is not doing well. Let's call it what it is. And then they get COVID and they die. And that gets chalked up as a COVID death when really they had a heart attack and just happened to have COVID at the same time. So it's interesting that those numbers, you don't know what to make of it because, yeah, they're getting chalked up uh, maybe a little more often than they should. We're starting to see a lot of that shake out right now that, Someone on death's door, if they get COVID, that's the cause. And all that other stuff is ignored. Here's what I'd like to avoid. I'd like to avoid Canada being sent into a state of emergency. Agreed. And I I heard from some sources they might be mobilizing the army because in certain areas they're not paying attention. And they might be deploying them. Uh, Again, just 
BS through the grapevine, but that's real because, like I said, when you go down in downtown Vancouver and various Canadian cities and how bad it is in Ontario and Quebec, like, they might have to do that to kind of step up the enforcement a bit. Well, at what point do the doctors just throw their hands in the air and say, you guys aren't listening? Yeah. You're on your own. Totally. And that is very real here, Tanner. When I look at some of the major cities throughout the world and I look at pictures of their downtown cores and there's like dead. Yeah. And then I see pictures of downtown English Bay where they do the fireworks every year. David Land Park's a major area down by the seawall in Vancouver. It's like middle of summer. People are biking and rollerblading and walking and congregating on the grass and stuff. And granted, there's no huge groups anywhere, but there's like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people just kind of out enjoying the sun and nature. And you know, part of me understands that, but then part of me is also like, guys, we're kind of being uh, you know a little bit egregious here and rubbing it in everyone's face because the rest of the world's trying to do the right thing in New York and Bangkok and. Uh, France and UK, like the pretty strict rules there. Whereas here we're not as strict, but then people are kind of pushing the envelope a bit. Well, to me, it's pretty simple. World pandemic hasn't <laughs> happened since fucking the Spanish flu. Sure. <laughs> and what more do you need to hear? Nothing. Literally <laughs> yeah. nothing. But that's the that's the generation that we live in. Nobody gives a flying fuck anymore. Truth. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing that around here, man. Uh, I'm a proud Vancouver kid, but it's interesting because, yeah, I don't see any other major cities doing quite what we are <laughs> and not in a good way. Also, we need to talk about your uh, you need to go hunting. <laughs> I need to fire a gun, do I? You need to do something like <laughs> the concrete jungles bullshit. That's true. It's all I know, man. This is where I'm from. <laughs> Listen. Get I it. did grow up in the valley, though, for those of you that know some geography. I grew up in Langley, which is about 40 minutes outside of the city here. So I had some room to run and play there. But, yeah, I didn't do a ton of ton of hunting or fishing growing up. Little bits here and there. No, not quite as much as you, by the sound of it. Eating deer every day. or Yeah, that sounds all right. That's the consistency of my diet. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. And, and I like all that stuff. But, yeah, I get offers all the time i really need to do that i got buddies up north in smithers that they do the every october november go hunting and it sounds like a lot of fun i told you this once before stop being a pussy fair enough <laughs> fair it's, enough it's gonna happen 2021 done yeah. i hear there's nothing quite like uh hunting a moose down and then just all the steps involved uh oh. it sounds like quite quite an experience <laughs> it's, a, it's an experience and a half and the first one that you shoot you got to take a bite of the liver when you take it out Okay, fresh? Yeah, like still hot. The liver is one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. More than any fruit or vegetable, there's more nutrients in a liver. So I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. So I'll tell you what we do. because We drop a deer, we go over, we gut it. We always keep the liver in the heart because we eat those. But yeah. we do taste the liver coming out. If, okay. it, if it's sweet tasting, then we know it's going to be a good deer. We're going to stake that thing, roast it. And, sure. and do it all if it's got a like kind of a shitty taste it's grind okay so we always take a bite interesting yeah and is that something you can tell prior to or is it just only once you do that like or is it like an older or younger thing or it's a native thing i see <laughs> but it, it's never failed fair enough 
it's always it's always bang on spot on let's wrap this fucking thing up we can go on all night about bullshit but okay <laughs> food safe allergy test do it hit up dr drew it's what drew jameson uh on uh, instagram yeah it's at drew dot jameson and it's j-a-m-i-e-s-o-n also follow him because he does a lot of live things with other people that are smarter than me <laughs> uh you had your realtor on there uh, shout out to your realtor so that you're not homeless you actually have a home totally um, yeah like did yeah. we did we miss anything that you wanted to say today no, that covers it, man. I uh, thank you for having me on. It's always fun. Well, thank you for coming back on. Guys, that's the final shot.